Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. As close to a real game as you're going to get in the month of August. It's football. They tackle each other. They didn't wear red jerseys, so that's a win. Kevin Bowen, Chris Presley, back another edition of Kevin's Corner. Recap in the preseason opener, 21-18. to uh, Crisis averted, thankfully, because NFL owners said no more overtime in the preseason. But I was sweating there for a second until <laughs> I remembered that ruling. Um, before we get into the pod, you know, I know a lot of people have asked over the last kind of Five or six days that uh, with myself doing the fan morning show now moving forward, what will happen with the podcast? We love it too much to make it stop, so we're going to continue it. Uh, might not be as frequent. I think we'll probably just do one time a week during the season. Um, off the top of my head, I'm kind of thinking Tuesdays might be the better day just because you get a little bit of kind of injury chatter on Monday. You see what's happened with that. Um, it offers a little bit of chance to not only recap the previous game, but then preview the next one. But um, I definitely want the pod to continue, man. This is something that I really enjoy. Um, I hope our listeners feel the same, and, and you as well, Chris. But uh, we're going to keep it going, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, let's start there for the people that are out of the state who don't necessarily know. We have a, a, a wide listenership yes. across not only the country, but the nation, or uh, not only the nation, but the world, I should say. Um, congratulations to you. Kevin Thank Bowen you. is now the new morning host of our, our morning show. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's um, seven to 10 AM, um, on our airwaves. I posted something on Twitter and Instagram about it. So for those that missed it, check that out there. But, um, yeah, uh, we are in the process of finding a co-host and it'll be kind of a lot of trial and error guests over the next few weeks and whatnot, but super, super excited. Um, I think our listeners on this podcast know my passion for, mm-hmm delivering this type of content and my passion expands far outside the Colts. You know, I, I love the indie sports scene and I've always been obsessed with it, uh, to be honest with you. So <laughs> the fact that I can do that on a daily basis and hopefully be part of your mornings, whether that's commuting or, you know, working from home or whatnot, uh, would greatly, greatly appreciate that. So, um, yeah, if you guys have any thoughts, questions, curious about that, feel free to message me on Twitter or whatnot, but, um, started officially on Friday and uh, we will continue, uh, hopefully, for a long, long time. So, yeah, uh, thank you for awesome. uh, mentioning that, Chris. And uh, like I said, podcast going to continue. This will be our only one for this week with a Saturday game. But um, let's get into it, man. Recapping that uh, Carolina game. What do you think about the guys under center? I mean, that's that's been the news on on social media. That's the thing that everyone's been buzzing about, especially with Carson still not back yet. They looked fairly good. Yeah, and as usual, what I liked, what I didn't like, uh, how do you not like the play of your quarterbacks, and especially Jacob Eason. You know, there's been days, Chris, where I've walked out of Grand Park thinking, well, uh, those are two day three quarterbacks working with a lot of guys that aren't, you know, day one, and and so it's just kind of hard to evaluate, but just left kind of scratching my head and thinking, oh, boy. And I left Lucas Oil on Sunday thinking they've got something to keep the ship afloat. Right um, now, it's going to look a lot different on September 12th than it did on August 15th. But knowing Frank Reich's ability to construct game plans uh, for both guys, I think there's something to work with. Let's start with Eason. 
I cannot stress enough how much he needed that. Like he need. We, some people are like, dude, you're making too much out of these joint practices, preseason games. Nope, I'm gonna stand by it. Um, massive, just massive for him. And honestly, think about this: it's even bigger considering as we record this right now, Frank Reich's plan for Saturday mm-hmm. is to have Sam Ellinger take the first half reps. That means Sam Ellinger with more frontline guys. So that's a better opportunity for Ellinger than the one Eason just got. So if Eason would have bombed yesterday, shit, it might be over for him in terms of you know getting that week one opportunity. Because think about Ellinger. Is, I don't think Ellinger is going to lose, lose it. You know, we saw him throw the pick yesterday, but then he bounced back. Like, yeah. I don't think Ellinger is going to have the two interception first half on Saturday in Minnesota. So Eason had to go win it. And I thought he did a great job of that. Um, certainly not perfect, but I'm giving him um, a solid, I don't know, B plus, A minus. I think that's fair. Um, what I loved is this. You guys know full well, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, I felt like in Grand Park, Eason wasn't giving you the efficiency or the production. And by that, we talk about completion percentage a lot with Frank Reich. We talk about yards per attempt. Jacob Eason yesterday, 71% completion. That is high. Mm -hmm. 8.7 yards per attempt. That is extremely high. You combine those two, that doesn't happen very often. Just for argument's sake, I was curious about it. I looked up Phillip Rivers' game log, and in no way, shape, or form am I comparing the two QBs or saying Eason's better, this or that, but just curiosity. Rivers reached those marks in the same game twice last season. Now, one half of football against second-teamers, playing with second-teamers, all of that. But I just think we have to acknowledge that was a really solid first half, and it wasn't perfect, yet he produced like that. That is what stands out to me. He hit on the four chunks, four completions of at least 25 yards. I mean, find me many quarterbacks in the league that that do that. So really good for Eason. The pocket awareness has got to get better. The pinpoint accuracy has got to get better on the underneath stuff. And, again, you watch him, and I've gone back and watched it so far. The progressions when he gets to the second and third read, it it still has to be crisper. But there is still a lot of good from what he gave you yesterday. And I think that's what should be comforting as a Colts fan. It's like, I just said three areas that he needs to work on, Mm -hmm. and yet he gave you winning football. So I think that makes you feel pretty good about it. Do you Um, think he's – I feel like he's still kind of a statue in the pocket. And I feel like there's going to be certain throws. And granted, I like Eason over Ellinger. Not that I d- dislike Ellinger. The fastball might start deflecting off people's pads, and that's where the turnovers are going to happen. So those are the two things for me personally, standing back in the pocket like a statue and throwing it way too hard sometimes. Yeah, and that definitely is something that he's got to work on. And I think a lot of it is just a little panic when he reads the progressions. You know, he had the ball to Patman on the comeback that just was too much of a fastball. Mm-hmm. Rick Venturi was a Roldis Chapman-like, is right. what he kept on saying. Um, yes, that is, I think, a panic of like, oh, shoot, where should I go with it? Where should I go with it? And he sees Patman, and he just flings it, just like, oh, boy. So, yes, that's stuff that has to improve. But then what I like is, that put them behind the chains, so now it's second and ten. I want to say, like, Mac or Wilkins got stuffed, so now you're in third and ten. And he rolls out of the pocket and finds Strawn on the run for a first down, and yeah. that jump-started everything. Then he hit on those chunks after that. Fifteen completions, 11 to wideouts. 
that's not something we saw a whole lot at Grand Park. It's been a lot more dink and dunk. So, um, you know, I I was really pleased. Frank Ward used the, the Frank Reich. Uh, Frank Ward, what am I saying? <laughs> Frank Reich used the word lasers to describe Jacob. I, I think that. We talk so much about Ellinger's arm strength. Can Sam Ellinger throw the football down the field? Yeah. Yes. But the velocity and the um, bullet nature to Ellinger's passes are not what they are with Eason. Um, and, and I think you saw that out of Jacob there. So, um, again, certainly things to work on. Um you know, defenses are going to take away those early reads. We know that. But he made some big league Sunday throws. And how I look at it is I'm playing the Seattle Seahawks and the L.A. Rams the first two games. I'm not playing the the London Cats or whoever. You know, like yeah. those are two football teams that can play the game of football. I need a guy that can make some big league throws. And that's why I'm probably a little bit more in the Eastern camp right now. And this is fluid. And we'll watch this week play out and whatnot. Um, but Jacob Eason, good work. Good work from him. Sam Ellinger came in second half, unfortunately had an interception, which wasn't necessarily his fault. He kind of got hit as he threw the ball, but he bounced back after that. And once you saw him kind of progress, you could see him get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely bounced back from that pick. Um, Sorry, firing off an email. We're supposed to have Frank Reich on the morning show tomorrow. Oh, nice. That will come to fruition. Love Um, it. Okay, on the pick, Frank Reich mentioned it afterwards. Um, you know, not uh, they had a, somebody ran a bad route, um, and you know whatever. But he also mentioned that was a bad throw. So I mean, I, as yes, did someone have a mental error there? Yes. Should Sam Ellinger have thrown that football? Hell no. And, and that was not a good throw at all. So I'm not absolving him for that pick. That was um, mm-hmm. that's that that's still on the quarterback. Um, but he, he bounced back, and I thought. Uh, well, you appreciate that, Ellinger, from a media standpoint. He's very candid afterwards, and he talked about it. I, I was aiming it. I was aiming it early. You get it. Okay, it's your first time in an NFL mm-hmm. jersey. Like, totally understand it. And I just felt like he started to fling it a little bit late. I mean, he came back and threw the same exact route, flipped the field to Tyler Vaughn's. Vaughn's makes that great, great catch. Yes. But that was the same route that he threw the pick to Granson on. He let his guy have a chance at it, and I like that about Ellinger. He let, what's his name, Tariq Black, have a chance at it on that deep ball. So I thought Ellinger bounced back, and fourth quarter Ellinger was just straight-up moxie leadership mm-hmm. and Jet Gus Johnson, Red River shootout into your veins. Like, that's what it was. Uh, making plays with his feet, you know, those sorts of things. So, yeah, I thought Ellinger um, gave you exactly what you wanted after that early pick. Now, the thing about the pick is, he doesn't make enough of the Sunday big league throws to make up for that interception over the course of a game. So he, he's got to – he can't have that um, on his resume. So my grade would be slightly lower for him, but, but not much lower. I mean, both those guys, again, gave you um, pretty good football. I want to read this text, Chris. I was talking to someone close to the Texas program, and they um, – I, I read this on the morning show, but for our listeners on the podcast – Basically describing Ellinger after watching him, you know, every single game over the years. Um, He says this, one of the best leaders in the history of the Texas program. They used him almost dangerously too much in the run game early in his career, then not enough times at late. Offensive line was inconsistent to say the least. Never had the receivers a program like Texas should have. Offensive coaching staff was a disaster and at times couldn't even, even decide who the play caller was. Tons, in all cap, of drama last year that wore on him. 
won't find a guy with more heart, limited at times on deep ball, but pretty smart, probably played hurt more than he'd admit, strongest legs for a quarterback you'll ever see, plays well in big games, especially OU, which was the game, needs good coaching because honestly didn't have in college, didn't think of him as a starter, especially early, but rooting for him. I mean, I agree with, you know, a, a lot. Like, uh, me knowing Sam Ellinger, like, I know him, and I put that in quotes, um, for a few weeks, y- you just see so much of that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to talk more about this over the next few weeks because the Colts don't need to, nor should they commit to one of them if they do need them. And based off what Jim Mercer said in the TV broadcast, he hinted at more of, hypothetically, if Carson misses a couple games, right. you know, um, it's going to come down to a lot of what you want, skill set wise, what you trust, what you want, what you feel like you need, week one, and all of that. Um, but I walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium yesterday at about six o'clock, thinking, "Okay, those guys can keep the ship somewhat afloat. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. Nick Foles ain't going to be perfect. We've no. talked about it. Right. The expectation with Wentz was probably two and three in the first five games. So I say you let one of those young guys play, and what we have seen is consistency out of Ellinger, much more consistent. What I've seen from Easton in the last week is since Sam Ellinger started taking his reps, I've seen a better quarterback. Now, is that Jacob Easton saying, F this, you know, that's a kick in the ass? Yep. Or is it just the natural growth that we knew had to be there with Easton? Like, again, Easton's growth pattern, much more of that diagonal on the XY axis versus Ellinger is much steadier. It started at a higher floor with that as well. So um, I was pleased with both with both quarterbacks. Um, I wish you could get them with more starters around them. I, I hate the fact that the Carolina Panthers didn't play any and the Colts played like two starters. But, yeah. you know, that's just part of it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's a good problem to have. Yeah, and, and like right now, it's still very much up in the air. I, if I'm playing tomorrow, I'm probably siding a little bit more with Eason, which has changed. I thought Sun, I thought Sunday was huge for Jacob Eason to show us that. The games were the ultimate barometer with him. I think you knew what you were going to see mostly with Ellinger. It was a little bit up in the air mm-hmm. more with Eason. And um, stuff to work on, certainly, but some big league stuff out of him. And another good problem to have is the fact that we have some wide receivers that are fighting for the fourth and fifth slot. Let's talk about Strawn and Patman. Yeah, I know we got a lot of Twitter questions on this, so I'll maybe hold off on, on a big answer here. But um, you like what you saw from both big guys. Now, mm-hmm. Patman didn't show off necessarily the jump ball stuff as much. He was more the possession guy. Strawn obviously had the big play down the field, caught that third and ten, caught a slant as well. Did have a you know a drop, I think it's fair to say. Uh, the second one, and yeah, Eason, that, that, that ball should have been better by Eason there. Um, but, again, that's going to come down to a flavor. And to me, it comes down to an either-or. So, um it's hard sometimes to evaluate skill guys. I was glad those quarterbacks gave them chances to make mm-hmm. plays, and I thought both of them made a play. And considering how, or I should say, made plays, considering how your injuries have gone at wideout over the years, you know, there's a better than decent chance you're gonna have to rely on them for a couple of games in you know a bigger capacity. And quickly with the injury, uh, Strawn did leave the game. Do you know what his injury update is? Yeah, I don't. Frank Reich didn't say any injury, and he met the media. So typically, when those two things happen, you're you're fine. So I, I maybe got nicked up, but I'm sure part of that was also a little bit game plan too. Of just you know, he's a guy that somewhat matters. So anything else quickly you want to touch on what you liked before we jump to the dislikes? No, let's go into the um, what what I didn't like. All right, left tackle play. I mean, it was glaring. 
Yeah. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we knew it going into this preseason and the season as well. What What are your thoughts there? Yeah, we knew it. Just the national audience now 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 knows it from NFL Network being on there. I mean, right on cue. Um, anybody in Achilles to donate sixty pounds to Joe Wrights to donate <laughs> Anthony Costanzo a massive contract or whatever he wants to donate. You know, if anybody has it, Jimmy from the Colts is on line one. Um, yeah, it's just it's bad and. I know people want to fault Eason for holding on to the ball. I went back, stopped, watched those two plays. I think he had 2.5 and 2.9 on the two sacks. That's not that holding on. It's not like he st- stood back there for four seconds mm-hmm. and didn't get rid of it. Um, and, and then I also say this, like, Eason needs to hold on to it. That's that. I mean, if you want to play to his strengths, yes, you want him to be decisive at times, but, like, Sometimes he does need to hold on to it and show off that arm down the field. So that's the balance that you run into with Eason. Um, but, yeah, Julian Davenport just roasted early on. Will Holden, when he got in there, I don't know what you do. I don't. It's a pick out of a hat. Maybe you throw Tevi back over there. He hasn't been over there in a while. Um, I mean, with Wentz, with Eason, you, your left tackle play is going to get tested. These guys want to hold on to it. That's mm-hmm. part of the game. And... Um, yeah, I mean, there will be no apologies from me on the Colts having poor left tackle play because we've talked about it. The the continued mistakes of not addressing it in, in the draft continues to show up. You're working with sloppy seconds, and that's what you got over there. So, um, yeah, very disappointed in that. If you were to fuse Wentz and Eason or uh, Eason and Ellinger, do you think you get Carson Wentz? Oh, wow. Um Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, skill set wise, you know, I think it'd be maybe a bit of a disservice to Wentz. Just they're so inexperienced. I don't know if it would look like Wentz, but yeah, I mean, Carson gives you that ability with his. I mean, those plays that Ellinger made, some of those plays that PJ Walker made. I thought PJ Walker, PJ Walker looked, did look good. Look, look pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's a fair fair statement. Let's talk about the the ends. Ben Banigou, Kamoko Ture. What did you think about the way they had their edge rush and, you know, just the way they play defensively? Yeah, you know, um, you know, coming into the game, knowing that Carolina was sitting all those guys, you know, Kamoko Ture is is not a starter by, like, box score, but he's a starter on third down. Mm-hmm. So he's a one, you know? I mean, he, he's a one. You're going up against Carolina twos. I wanted to see him dominate. And, you know, Carolina's ends made a massive impact early in that game, the strip sack, of course, being – Massive. Um, looking at it right now, Carolina, three sacks, seven quarterback hits. That's what Carolina did. Mm-hmm. The Colts, one sack for two yards. That was from a defensive tackle. And four quarterback hits. So we, we rave about your defensive line depth. I wanted to see them dominate more in this game. You know, did Turek cause a few false starts? Did he have a few? I, I thought the box score, the home box score, kind of gave him a few sympathy hurries. Um, yeah. Uh, Banigou... I don't even know if he showed up in the box score. I think he recovered the fumble to end the game. But, like, I want to see more from them. Um, you know, Rick Venturi was saying, you know, to me during practice, like, these guys are going up against Wake Forest. You know, it's not it's not even Clemson. <laughs> it's not even the Carolina Panthers. Like, they need to be dominating, and I just didn't see that. So I was disappointed there with them. Um so yeah, and that's and that's really it. I thought situational defense was good. Um, run game, you would like to see a little bit more. I thought Wilkins ran it well. Marlin just didn't look all the way back to me. I I didn't see that burst from him. To be expected, you know, yeah. coming off the Achilles. But um, yeah, those are my uh, 
My takeaways. Yeah, and I feel like some of Marlins was line play as well. Yeah, I mean, the line didn't help him. I thought when he got to the perimeter, and he's not a huge, like, stick it in the ground, boom. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not, you know, 4-2, 4-3, but I just didn't – it didn't look like the normal Marlin to me. Yeah. All right, should we jump into Twitter questions? Yes, I know we got a lot, so let's uh, hop we, into it. We have a lot, so let's go quickly here. Micah says, so if the 53-man roster cuts ended today – with the wide receiver depth chart go T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman, Pascal, Paris Campbell, Desmond Patton, and Mike Strawn? I would say no. Um, Ashton Doolin, I would throw on there. Again, you are making a 53-man roster, and you can finagle it in the first week. So, so maybe it's something you could sneak through there. But at the end of that week, you're making a 46 person roster to go win a football game your six wide out just simply doesn't get incorporated into a game plan there's i mean wh- where's the room for a six wide out now do i think there's a room for a fifth wide out situationally yes i've talked about that with strong red zone something like that but you can't keep six or seven wide outs you aren't this isn't seven on seven I mean, this is 11 on 11 there's special teams involved and if ashton Doolin pins one punt inside the five and saves you 18 yards that's more than a six wideout's going to give you. So the hope is, I think, you sneak one to the practice squad. I know that's not easy, but that's the hope there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, as long as he's healthy, Ashton Doolin's got to be on your 53-man roster. So a quick follow-up question. You don't think there's room for a seventh receiver like to Michael Harris, Tarek Black, Yeah, Vaughn. no way. I mean, not not on the 53. I mean, yeah. you can keep a couple on the practice squad. Practice squad's big again this year, 16, I think. So, yeah. This is from Jay. Hey, KB, been watching this QB battle, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the likelihood that both Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger make the roster. It makes sense to consider this as an option, even if Carson Wentz is good to go early on. Yeah, Jay, it's a good good point. Yeah, I would say I think it's very likely. Um, another thing you got to remember, if Wentz is going to miss three games, Chris, do you put him on that short-term IR? Now, to do that, he's got to make the 53 right away. And then mm-hmm. you put them on IR. So that August 31st date, you know, is the cut down two weeks from tomorrow to 53. They're going to cut five guys each of the next two Tuesdays. So Wentz might make it initially. It's kind of like Trey Burton last year. I'm pretty sure Burton made it initially. And then you put him on the IR. So then you knew, oh, he's out at least three games. Right. Now, do the Colts want to do that? Do you know, do they want to try and play the game plan game? You know, who knows? But um, I mean, you need a starter and you need a backup. And right now, Brett Hundley's. You know, Brett Hundley looks like a ten-year-old on the sidelines warming up with Sam Ellinger. Like he's not doing it. You know, he's not doing anything. So um, I said this morning on the morning show, him and Eddie Pinheiro and Hot Rod, when they don't kick, they go play putt putt over at Birdies in Westfield <laughs> and come back at the end of practice. So yeah, you need a starter and a backup potentially early. So I say put them both on there. Patrick has a good question. So if we only keep two quarterbacks on the roster, whether it's Eason or Ellinger behind Carson Wentz. Do either of those guys get claimed off waivers? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so basically, if a team is going to claim them right away, they got to put them on their fifty-three. I guess if you're carrying three quarterbacks, another team that maybe you would do that. Um, so I, I think I would right now. I'd be surprised if Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason were weren't both on the fifty-three man roster for for the Colts. So um, yeah, I, I think you would be worried, and, and that my mindset has changed on that um, here in the last couple weeks. This one comes from Brian. Much has been discussed about the QB comparison. To me, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is if we don't have a left tackle. 
if Carson Wentz comes back before Eric Fisher is back, Carson Wentz is going to going to go right back to being injured. Did Chris Ballard address the offensive line depth this offseason? Well, yeah, I mean, he definitely attempted to address it, but, you know, like, like we've talked about, it's you're getting cast-offs. You're getting mm-hmm. cast-offs for a reason, and some cast-offs off, off some bad offensive lines as well, especially out there at, at tackle. So, you know, I guess I'm not too stunned by it, but, hell, I thought it'd be, I thought it looked a little bit better than it has. Josh wants to know why Mike Strawn fell in terms of on the draft board. What is his weakness in the skill set? Yeah, Josh, that's a good question. Well, I would say first, the level of play. You know, it comes from D2, and they didn't play football last year. So I think that is a big reason why he dropped. I think there's a little bit of rust in just him catching it. I don't think he has poor hands, but he definitely doesn't have great, great hands. So I think a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that kind of contributed to the drop. What was he, early seventh round? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're getting a guy like that in the seventh. He's played well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Col- I mean, Colts, again, and I, I said it when the pick happened, very smart to take a chance. But, you know, I, I think not playing the year of football, a little bit of rust, just catching, yeah. I think that's what led to him falling that far. We'll stick with Mike Strawn here with a question from David. Colts preseason champ or, quote, unquote, all he does is catch touchdowns? <laughs> Yeah, I got a lot of these. Oh, he's Deron Carter. I'm like, how many colleges does Deron Carter go to? <laughs> oh, he's Deion Kane. Did Deion Kane tear his ACL in this first pre- you know? Like, I, I do want to be clear about Strong. I look at him situationally. I don't look at him as 40 snaps up and down the field. Like, I look at him as a big body. Mm-hmm. You try to isolate one-on-one, and that's where you put him into the game. Yeah. You know, I there's questions, I think, a little bit about his route running and things like that. Like, he is not – I let's not put too much pressure on the kid. Like people are like, should I draft him for my fantasy team? I'm like, guys, he's fifth on the depth chart. Like, I know you want a guy from your favorite <laughs> team on here, but I look at him much more in a red zone type role. Again, some one-on-one stuff, Frank, you know, can you get him on the outside and post him up? Things like that. We saw, obviously Eason gave him, gave him a chance of the back shoulder stuff. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. That is what, um, what you want to, I think use him for. Serling has a question about the quarterback uh, quarterback room in terms of Ellinger over Eason. Eason's a physical specimen to him. Stats seem to be very comparable. Feels like the media and a lot of people on social media give Ellinger more hype. There's more pictures about Ellinger. Obviously, the Colts drafted him. But why do people talk about Ellinger more than Eason? Jeez, more pictures. Boy, I, I mean, they both look like good-looking individuals to me. I mean, I don't, <laughs> gee, I don't referring to him verbally in print first. Am I reading that right? <laughs> uh, Sterling, some of this stuff is hilarious. Sterling, do you follow this podcast a lot? Like, you aren't going to get any of this favoritism or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think we've been pretty accurate in this. Ellinger mm-hmm. has been consistent. Six-round pick. Eason's sexier. Ellinger's more faithful, <laughs> if you want to take it a step further. I mean, that's I think that's where you're at right now. Um, you know, Ballard obviously loves his character and whatnot. I mean, they're good. And Ballard is dead serious about Sam Ellinger. And so is Frank Reich. Like, he likes Sam Ellinger a whole lot. So, dude, I, I don't know about other colleagues whatnot. I like to think we are, we are reporting what we see. And Sam Ellinger has been the more consistent quarterback. And Jacob Eason, over the last week, his game has taken a step forward. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't be more 
summarizing it in a concise, honest way than that. From Sal, if Carson is out week one, do we see a quarterback by committee? Sam in the red zone could be a spark to help us early on with so many damn players injured. You know, Sal, it's not the most absurd thing in the world considering their skill sets really are different and they complement each other well. But, man, I just don't see that. I, and I'm just not a fan of the sub and in and out QBs, you know, the rhythm of playing in a game, you know, bouncing back from mistakes, things like that. I think a big question for Frank Reich, if you do go with Jacob Eason, is can you make it one read for him? Can you make it simple for him? When he gets to the second and third read, man, that's tough. And that's going to be the question. If that's a question you can't get over, then you go with Ellinger. And then do you sit there with Ellinger and say, how do we get it down the field? Mm-hmm. And what happens if we get behind the chains? So Eason really needed that. Eason had to go out and, and regain. I think he had to re-put himself back. The momentum was with Ellinger because of the consistency. I think Eason has stymied some of that, regained some of it, and now Sam will get a tremendous opportunity on Saturday. And honestly, like Sam is getting the better opportunity, in my opinion. Think about it. Sam's going to play with a lot of frontline guys. Eason didn't get that. Yeah. Now, who knows what week three of the preseason is going to hold, but if Sam Ellinger goes out there and plays really good football for you, is that the truer evaluation? Is that if going up against more ones from Minnesota, too? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I would roll with one, but then I've got memories of Ryan Lindley and Josh Freeman making it work, and who knows. (laughs) Kevin, how much work has Marlon Mack had with the starters, and also how does T.Y.'s Hilton's burst and speed compare to last season? That's from Jason. Um, You know, Mack hasn't gotten a ton of work. I mean, they obviously played him a lot yesterday. So, and like I said, I just didn't see the same Marlon Mack burst, which, you know, it's fine, that's Mm-hmm. Nine, what, what is he? I guess he's now about eleven months removed from tearing that Achilles. Um, you know, Ty, I I don't think there's a massive physical downfall. You got to remember him and Jacob Eason never really threw before this, really at all. And obviously Ellinger, um, and Ty doesn't take like gobs and gobs of reps either. So I think Ty will be very situational. Uh, can he deliver in the big moments? That that's what you're hoping for. How are the defensive backs doing? Haven't really heard much about mention to them, specifically Xavier Rhodes, Rocky Sin, and the standout defensive backs. I know Kenny Moore is that guy, so don't have to worry much about him. Also, as Julian Blackman looked good as he did last season, that's from CMC. Yeah, you know, Blackman missed some time recently, um, but you definitely notice him when he's out there. And you saw a couple corners get hurt yesterday, Marvell Tell and TJ Carey, so we'll have to watch on that it's been a little difficult you know the the vertical stuff you saw from Easton yesterday mm-hmm. shit I don't know if we've seen that in camp like there hasn't been much so it's hard to really evaluate these guys um but I think Rhodes and and Kenny especially against Carolina that in one-on-ones they own DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson then you get into practice and Rock gets lined up on DJ Moore and mm-hmm. we know how that ends so um but Frank Reich has been super pleased with his secondary, and he thinks with the aid of the pass rush, they're going to get much, much better play this year from him. Yeah, Marvell Tell looked pretty well, and then uh, is it Hill from who was in Minnesota last year? Yeah, Holton Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see him making the team, but you know, he certainly has a has a pedigree. This one comes from Gary. Does the undrafted free agents making the team streak in this season? <laughs> 
says, thanks, guys. Best podcast. I'm 100% doing the virtual Beers with Bowen. I love it, Gary. Yeah, thank you. Shout out to those that have asked about Beers with Bowen. Again, Bullseye Event Group sponsoring that. That'll be Wednesday, September 8th, 6.30 p.m. And uh, giving away an awesome, awesome prize pack. Colts VIP tailgates that are at the event center um, every single week. You'll get two tickets to that throughout the entire season and and two mm-hmm. tickets to the home opener against the Seattle Seahawks. So hope to see a big crowd out there again Wednesday, September 8th at 6.30. I don't see an undrafted guy making it. You know, I know Vaughn's in black, the two guys we saw yesterday. They, they've had nice camps, but just where? Yeah. Where do you put them? Um, I think you see some of those guys end up on other rosters where yeah. we just can't keep them, you know. Um, the BYU linebacker, uh, Kafusui or however you say his name, mm-hmm. Kafusi, he had a nice tackle for loss yesterday. Yep. You know, maybe special teams, but, yeah. Gary, to be honest, I just don't see it. All right, this is from Dr. James down in Tampa, and it's not Dr. James Andrews because I looked up where Ooh. he lives. Okay. He's more on the uh, peninsula. <laughs> we got uh, – Things you thought you'd be looking up on this spot. <laughs> He wants to know, though, and, and this is kind of a fair question, the way Carson Wentz played with Darren Sproles toward the end of Sproles' career, do you see Naheem Hines being kind of that fit for Carson? Um, Yeah, you know, yeah, it could be. Um, you know, Rivers and Luck used Hines a whole lot. Um, now, I think their games, and Wright kind of coached this, especially Rivers, was a little bit more decisive, you know, take the check down, take the check down. So, I don't know if I'm banking on as much production. Um, and Hines has talked about wanting some stuff further down the field, you know, mm-hmm. run a little bit of a deeper route tree. So I just think you need to script some stuff offensively to where Hines is involved earlier in the progression. So um, I, I still think he's going to be involved uh, more so than he has been with other QBs. But, I, I mean, Rivers was just – I mean, that, that was Rivers' game, you know. That's that's what Phillip wanted. So I don't know if we're there with that with uh, Wentz. From Corn Washington, which sounds like a old school politician. Yeah, sounds like a Nebraska boost. <laughs> Same story, different year. When are the Colts going to prioritize their medical and training staff? Yeah, I mean the old age, old question. We've certainly seen quite a few injuries up at um, Grand Park. I don't know if this is in reference to Quiddy Pay, which that injury does not seem to be serious. So good news on that good. front. Um, we've touched on it. it's the hardest question that I get in the podcast to answer. Mm-hmm. Strength and nutrition have been overhauled. The medical staff seems to be the same. Uh, you debate to me, you know, how you develop soft tissue injuries. Like, I mean, the Nelson and Wentz stuff, they combine to play what? Probably 7,000, 8,000 some snaps in the NFL, and then it happens on back-to-back days. Is that fluky? Is it, you know, something to do with your – I um, I got no good answer for you, Corn. I'm – or Mr. Washington, I don't know what he goes by. I assume it's a he. Uh, it could be a she, I guess. Um, I wish I had a better answer for you. But those are the facts. Do with it as you wish. Let's get to betting from a question from Jason. Colts plus 150 to win the division. What are your thoughts there? Plus you taking that? To win the division. Um, I thought I saw it as high as 180, plus 180. I, I, I would sprinkle it. You know, now, part of me thinks this, if the Colts get off to a bad start, you know, those odds are only going to go up. Is that when you sprinkle it yeah. a little bit there? And, you know, yeah, you're playing with fire, but, um, you know, you could bank on a little backdoor action. And if you don't believe in Tennessee, that could be the route um, that you go with there. So, um, yeah, I say sprinkle it. You might Why as well. Yeah. yeah. Who 
cares? Anytime you get plus money, go ahead. It's not my money. <laughs> Let's do one more. Um, kind of up against it with a call coming up here. I think some of these um, last ones that we got are a little bit more not as time sensitive. So let's do one more question, and then we'll save the other ones for uh, next week's pod. All right. Which one do you want to go with? Uh, let's just go with whoever was up next. All right. This one's from Brian. So a question for the pod, one in general. A hypothetical from the offseason. What if we re-signed Rivers very early on to a one-year $25 million contract, but then everything still happens with Wentz and the Eagles? Do the Colts still make the move to go for Wentz? And then a general question, will there be beer and food? at Beers with Bowen, or should he eat prior to going? Oh, okay, Brian. Well, let's start there. Yes, cash bar and restaurant food will be available at the Bullseye Event Center, so whatever you want. You know, you can eat a little late, um, or I should say an early meal, you know, 5.30-ish, whatever, and uh, we'll keep you posted on parking details. I know it's a question a lot yep. of you have had, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you know on that front. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be food, and you bet there's going to be beer available at uh, Beers <laughs> with Bowen, so... Uh, come on out, Brian, for that. Uh, what if they re-signed Rivers? Uh, would they have made a run at Wentz, too? Is that the question? Yeah, do we still go for Wentz, even if we have Rivers at one year? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's a cap space issue that you run into there. Now, if you re-sign Rivers, Justin Fields starts to drop? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Again, I've said it, I'll say it a thousand times. If ju- they knew Justin Fields was falling out of the top ten, they would trade up one. Yeah. They would have. Fields had a pretty good opener. Fields? 140 touchdown I saw, and he also ran for one. So, Um, so yeah. Uh, Okay, there's about a, I don't know, half dozen that we didn't get to. So, for those of you that send in questions, um, we'll get to those next week. And like I was saying at the start, Chris, we're going to keep it going once a week. Um, Dial it back a little bit. The Fan Morning Show, uh, 107.5 The Fan. And uh, what do you got there? Beers with Bowen kickoff? Yeah. Go ahead and go RSVP on 1075thefan.com. Can't any, wait. To... Any um, any details I missed in there? No. 6.30 p.m. we're starting. Yeah. And it'll be virtual for those that are out of town, out of state, and whatnot. But if you're, in, if, you're, if you're at the event, that's the only way you can win the prize pack. Correct. So um, check that out then. So that's, boy, what is that, three weeks? <laughs> it's coming up, man. We're getting there, man. I can't wait. All right. Um, yeah, the Fan Morning Show, 7 to 10 a.m. every morning moving forward here. Uh, we got podcasts, daily podcasts from that, so check that out as well. If you guys have any thoughts, curious about anything, just DM me, and I'll uh, let you know on that front. But he's Chris Presley. I'm Kevin Bowen. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on Kevin's Corner. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.